Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Welcome back. I'm so glad you've joined today. I believe this next 20 minutes can set you up better for goal achievement next year than in any previous year of your life. I assure you that comment has nothing to do with me or my personal wisdom, but I have been listening to an audiobook by a man named Lanny Bassam, an Olympic gold medalist and national champion in rifle shooting. His book is titled With Winning in Mind. He explores this incredible internal idea that if you get your mind right, if your mental focus and process is sound, you can achieve incredible things. But there are just so many mistakes that we make, that I have made so many times, where we are so focused on our desire for that goal that we never achieve it. If we always have winning on our minds, we rarely will win. I am certain and can prove it in my own life that if you and I can explore that today and understand where the focus is supposed to be instead in terms of the process, in terms of the smaller pieces between here and where you want to be, you can get there. I'm so convinced about this that I'm putting this episode out in early December instead of early January. One, because the results are already coming to pass in my life, and I want to tell you about that now. And two, let's not start the right thing at the beginning of next year. Let's start now, and we can turn over the calendar already in stride, already logging mental and actual progress And that will create a tremendous amount of optimism, knowing that you already have a great head start towards your best year ever. So what I'm going to do today is share with you the main core principle of the book with winning in mind. It has two incredible applications, a wider, larger goal-setting application, and then more of a game day performance benefit, which I will show you how to apply. I certainly should say before we jump in, I'm only grabbing one main idea from this book. There are a terrific collection of concepts. I highly recommend you checking out Lanny Bassam's With Winning in Mind, especially if you are an athlete. But if you're more of a cliff notes, tell me what absolutely works kind of person, I think today's episode will be helpful to you. All right, so here it is. The main and most useful portion of that book is simply this. Process, not outcome. Execution, not results. Strides, not finish lines. You and I have to learn that the smaller, procedural, habitual, daily steps, the boring things, the things that maybe no one sees, 
the things that don't even make sense to onlookers, those things matter more in the moment than the grand goal which you hope to achieve. Have you noticed how many people are focused on massive goals? They want them, they talk about them, they constantly mention them, and yet rarely ever achieve them. I can give you almost limitless examples. Maybe it's faith. Someone wants to be completely connected to Christ, all in with Him, living a life of peace. Everybody wants that. Not many people have it. Maybe it's finances. Everyone wants a million dollars in the bank so that they can retire early, enjoy their family more, and give. Very few people have it. Everyone wants to be in the best shape of their life, able to go out and enjoy their lives and nature and their families, and almost no one is where they want to be. Maybe it's friendships or your marriage. How many people want a great marriage? I think everyone does. How many people have it? Not so many. Now, you might come back and say, well, Chris, it's better to have a great goal than not to have one. At least we've identified what we want and have a clear vision for it. Yeah, I get that. You aim for nothing. You hit it every time. You need to have goals. And that will be a part of today's episode. But if that is winning for you and your mind is completely focused on the victory, chances are you will lose. And in that way, be in the exact same position as the person who had no goals at all. Let me give you a quick illustration. Imagine you are on one side of a river. It's maybe 50 feet across, and there are 10-foot ledges on both sides. You look across the river, and you see exactly what you want. Everything you want for yourself and for your family is on the other side of that river. And let's say it's true. It really is that much better. So every day you walk to your side of the river and stand at the edge and covet that great goal. You tell everybody about it, but that's about all you do. Every once in a while, you get super courageous and you just leap for it and you make it like 10 feet out, fall in the river and crawl back. If I showed up six months from now and asked you how your goals were going, where would I find you? Probably just sitting on your side of the river, wondering why it hasn't happened yet. In that way, you would be in exactly the same place as the person who didn't even want to cross because neither of you have. Now, the point of Bassam's book is that you need to invest yourself in the process that can get you to that goal. And while it may mean taking your eyes off of the other side of the river for a while, maybe a long while, the mental focus and energy put into the steps will make all the difference. Let's say there's another guy who also wants to take his family across the river, but he doesn't show up for a month. He's at home drawing sketches for bridges. Then he's out in the forest cutting down trees. Then he's working on funding the equipment to get to the edge to start driving pylons in. He's got winning in mind, but the results aren't actually on his mind, not day to day. Instead, it's the execution, the pieces that are needed. Well, if I show up in six months to check on that guy, chances are he and his family will be on the other side of the river charging you a hefty toll to use his bridge. So let me bring this back to you and tell you practically what it looks like on large-scale goal setting. There are four questions. What, 
why, when, and how. Now, the first two are super easy. What do you want and why do you want it? You can pick any of the examples I gave earlier or come up with your own. What is that great goal you would love to achieve and why does it matter to you? What I'm telling you is that's about as far as most people go. And they think that as long as those things are on their mind, they will get there and they won't. The next two questions are more important. When will you get there and how will you do it? The win can involve a long-term date or a short-term date. Bassam suggests no longer than four years out, and you can set them at different lengths. For instance, if you were someone who said, I want a million dollars in the bank and I know why I want it, you might have several wins marked down, like by July of next year, I will be out of credit card debt. By December of 2024, my home will be paid for, or something like that. By setting out a parameter You're on the clock, and that's a good thing. And time is just a healthy metric. We use it for almost everything. But the biggest deal is how. Break it down for me. What are the little things that need to happen? What are the steps, the smaller things that lead to bigger things? What needs to happen first, and then second, and then third? This is the part no one wants to think about. Or if they do think about it long enough to lay out the plan, As time passes, they want to focus on the million dollars, not skipping the Starbucks. But that is the clearest difference between goal pursuers and goal achievers. Goal achievers trust the process, and they put as much passion and energy in a single, seemingly insignificant step, like doodling sketches of bridges, as most people do, staring off into the distance at their dreams. To help with some of this, let me tell you about the last few weeks at my house. Summer and I sat down not long ago, and we had a heart-to-heart conversation. We have this same type of talk once a year or so, where she feels like I service the needs of everybody else in the world before her, and excessive attention to work or to my phone or to social media is leading me to overlook important time with my family. And after those conversations, I can easily define what I want to become, and why. That's the simple part. I want to become the kind of person that leaves work at work. I want to become the kind of person who is not tethered to his phone all the time. I want to become a better, more committed husband and father. And of course, I know why I want all of that, and I could elaborate, but I'm sure you can guess. But here's the thing. Everybody wants that. There's not a single dad or father who just heard that and thought, That's a strange goal. It's yours too. I'm sure that it is. But what has really made the difference is the when and the how. I decided that by January 1st, as my first waypoint, I wanted to have locked in enough change that my family notices and that our relationships are stronger, not just in my view, but in theirs. But of course, it really came down to the how, the process, and how mindful I decided to be about it. So then I decided to jot down some steps. I felt like technology was the biggest issue. So step one was leave the laptop in my bag when I get home from work. Step two, leave my phone in my bedroom when I get home from work. Step three, not have it by my bedstand. Step four was to delete Instagram. Step five was to delete Facebook from my phone. Just have it on the laptop, check it once a night or so. And there are other things in that list, 
But let me stop there and tell you, I really put a lot of attention on those things. I was mindful, intentional, and directional about it. I trusted the process, and I believed that if I got those initial things right, good things would start to happen. And they did. Executing those things faithfully started a cascade effect. I started getting a lot more done at the office, knowing that I couldn't take it home. When I got home, I began fishing with Ella again. We hadn't done that in like two years. I began playing chess with the boys on a regular basis. We've been watching Christmas movies. Summer and I have been sitting together, having more conversations, going on more walks. When I did sit down at the phone, I started reading more, since there are no social media apps, which helped me learn more good ideas, like taking each kid out to breakfast once a month, which Nick and I did together today. There's still a month to go before January, and executing the little things that most people probably think won't make a difference has literally made all the difference. I really want you to capture this cool idea. The goal will happen naturally without even the slightest hint of over-trying if you will trust the process. As I said in the beginning, it turns out that winning in mind is not about having winning on your mind. It's about being mindful of that next step that can get you there. The applications are endless, but here's what I want you to do this week. There are four questions. The first two are, what do you really want and why do you want it? Clarity on that is encouraging and it's useful. But then comes the important stuff. Set up a time frame for when progress will be locked in and made and then detail how you're going to get there. You might say, lots of people do that. They do. But most people lose interest in the how. Their minds are constantly drifting towards the coveting of the results and they just start looking for shortcuts. Most people looking for shortcuts get lost, and they certainly don't win. There is so much more I want to say about this. If you'd like to hear more about it, let me know. We'll do a follow-up episode. But for these last few minutes, I want to take the concept of winning in mind, encapsulated by process, not outcome, execution, not results, and I want to apply it less to long-term planning and more towards Game day performance. I'm talking to athletes who have to show up on game day and get it done. I'm talking to preachers who have to show up on Sunday and get it done. I'm talking to students who have to show up for their final and ace it. And really anyone else whose goals end up being a very definitive game day result. Don't make this mistake. For the weeks and months before that day, You trusted the process over the outcome. You just hit your marks. You followed the steps. You didn't stare at the prize. You prepared. And then show up on the day when all of that work gets put on display and prematurely shift all of your focus to winning, to the prize, to victory. The process is what got you ready. And the process is what will get you across the finish line. Lanny Bassam, in his book, told it this way. He said, I was a skilled rifleman, but I was always in the top five, never the big winner. So I spent two full years interviewing and studying winners, people who got it done when it mattered. He said, it turned out 
they never really focused on what their score was or what it would take to win or what it would mean to win. They just focused on proper execution of the task right in front of them. For a golfer, it's that next shot. For a test taker, it's that next question. For a preacher, it's that next passage. Just get that right. Lanny said he went to this big national championship competition. He was going to fire off 50 shots. He never calculated his score. He didn't know how well he was doing. He just focused on getting set and firing the shot. He said there's this thing called abort where you don't get the shot off in the first two seconds and you have to reset. He said, I usually do that dozens of times. That day I did it two or three times. I was just focused on each moment, doing what I knew to do, and didn't worry about anything else. When he got done, he did not know his score. He knew that the national record was an 1170 out of 1200. He knew that an Olympic gold medalist had in fact scored 1170 that day, and someone else blew away all American records with an 1174. He walked over to the board, and there at the top was his name with an 1179. From that day on, he won a lot. Not because he wanted it more. He knew what he wanted and why he wanted it. But because he had developed a mind that knew how to win. A mind not set on winning, but instead focused intently, equally intently, on doing the thing right in front of him well. He said, I stopped worrying about where the bullet was going and just concerned myself with how I sent it. How awesome is that? So here's the thing about all of this. Clearly, it's valuable to my son Luke and his golf career. We know he wants to win the big tournaments, but he has to set time parameters for progress and trust all of the time that goes into the chipping and the putting and working on his swing. When he gets to the day of competition, go through your mental exercises to hit the shot in front of you and don't concern yourself with the outcome. Everyone in sports knows that the athlete who focuses on those things may not know his score, but it will probably be better than everyone else. Winning comes easy, almost naturally. Goals just met over and over again by the person with a good plan who executes it moment by moment. Are you ready for that? Whether it's a longer-term plan or game-day performance, Tuck away that what you want and why you want it deep within your heart. Hold yourself accountable to the time frame you've set out. But on a daily basis, invest your passion in the how, in the process, in the steps. You will be amazed at how easily great things happen when you have winning in mind. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of Scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.